0: Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez.
1: Here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily as we count down the days to the NHL draft. And we're going to suspend our Flyers Exit Day interview series today for a conversation I was able to have with new Flyers Assistant General Manager, Director of Pro Personnel, and much more, Alan McCauley. He'll join us in just a moment. But before we get to that, we had some new news yesterday as it was announced that the Flyers have named Patrick Sharp to the position of special of special advisor to hockey operations and that was according to general manager Danny Briere now Sharp 41 years of age will report directly to Danny Briere and will be involved in all aspects of the club's hockey operations department with a strong focus on player development with Flyers prospects now Patrick Sharp is one of the guys that almost is a case in point to patience with young players, Flyers drafted him. He was here in Philadelphia, played for the Phantoms, was on that Calder Cup team that we just talked about in Monday's episode with Bill Meltzer, and a guy that maybe they were a little impatient with Ken Hitchcock, the coach at that time. They ended up trading him away, and he had a great career with the Chicago Blackhawks and uh, and the Dallas Stars. Well, with the Blackhawks, well, he played a total of 939 NHL regular season games. He had 620 points. In the 15 seasons, he played, uh, was with Flyers, and only played 66 games here. He also had 87 points in 142 Stanley Cup playoff games. Uh, he's been retired since the 17-18 season, where we saw him right at, right at retirement, basically jump into broadcasting on the national stage on uh, the NHL and NBC, and then also did Chicago Blackhawks games, both studio and color commentary there. And uh, talking to some people um, that know him um around the league and also uh, worked with him both as a player and post playing uh, a very pardon the pun sharp hockey mind a guy that is an extremely hard worker as a player and apparently he took that same work ethic he had as a player and intensity uh, into the broadcast booth as well and really knows his stuff knows today's game studies it quite a bit he's a guy that uh is certainly of a a younger generation, just retired a couple years ago, about five years ago, and a guy that can really help with focusing on the development and assisting the general manager uh, with how to develop today's players, not just from a skill standpoint, but develop today's professional athletes, these young men, and turning them into good quality pros on and off the ice. So Patrick Sharp will be uh, a big help in that regard, and congrats to him. We're efforting to get him on Uh, the podcast as well. Another guy was efforting to get on, we got him on for this episode. He is the Flyers' new assistant general manager. We've had him on before, uh, but in his new role, he is now the assistant general manager, who also oversee the Flyers' pro scouting department and player personnel, and also the Lehigh Valley hockey operations staff. And he joins us right now. Let's welcome in Alan McCauley. Alan, how are
0: you? I'm very well, Jason. Thank
1: you for having me again. Uh, We were talking before we started uh, recording, about the game and our kids that have played and stuff and getting what you can from the game, see where it takes you, but yeah, sure. Get what you can from the game. What has the game been to you? Because you not only played it growing up, developed it into being a professional player, had a great junior career. Now it's your post playing career as well. What is this game of hockey, this bizarre game where we chase around a vulcanized piece of rubber with metal blades on, on their feet, trying to put it into a net. What has it given you?
0: Um, well, I just think, I mean, it's certainly given me memories. Uh, um, it's taught me how to battle through adversity. It's taught me how to, uh, you know, pick up a teammate or be a good teammate. Um, how to treat others with respect, how to, um, uh, how to, um, you know, learn to play fairly, um, how to, um, uh, it, uh my left winger growing up led me to my wife. So, um, there's all of an assist. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Maybe the, the biggest one of his career or, or, yeah, um, certainly, uh, one of the biggest, uh, successes of my life is that, but, uh, yeah, it's given me, uh, you know, kind of anything and everything, uh, that I could have wished for, um, and, uh, and continues to give, um, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful and, appreciative of, of being in the position that I'm in and being still connected to the game and being around, you know, a lot of the great people that, you know, you and I um, get to call our friends and get to see at uh, the rink on a regular basis. What does it
1: mean? You got the new, the the new job. You're the assistant general manager. Uh, you'll oversee the Flyers pro scouting department and player personnel, and also uh, the Lehigh Valley films, hockey operations staff. You've kind of clicked through the, the different elements of uh, your post-playing days so that you were scout, pro scout uh, for seven years, you joined here in Philadelphia. You know, what What does it mean now to elevate into that role of assistant general manager? Because that's a lofty one that a lot of guys strive for, don't get to, uh, but you have uh, ascended to this and what are your responsibilities and how do you feel about the new positions?
0: Well, first off, I'm, I'm you know, very honored to sit in the chair that I, I get to sit in, to, uh, sit in now and, um, you know, thankful for, for Danny for giving me the opportunity, um, and a lot, a lot of the guys along the way that uh, that gave me opportunities before that to to learn and experience different uh, aspects of of the game, um, on you know from an organizational standpoint, um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been you know about fifteen years I think now, um, give or take a year. Um, that have been on this side of the game uh trying to learn uh and you know using a lot of the stuff that uh that i learned as a player or or learning growing up playing the game and uh it's the same thing you're part of you're part of a group you're part of a team um uh you know i'm trying to work hard trying to do things the right way um trying to be respectful of of, of my co-workers um and uh yeah with this new position it, it certainly feels like um my phone doesn't leave my ear for very long. Uh, maybe just to charge. Maybe I could do that at the same time too. But uh, yeah, lots of communication uh, that's happening uh, between myself, the pro scouts, uh, amateur scouts. I was just in Buffalo for a little bit. We have amateur meetings coming up. Um, eventually, I'll get situated down here and spend more time uh, with the analytics department. Um, you know, we're going to try and reshape a few things uh, as far as we, how we've approached it before and how we're going to try and approach it moving, uh, moving ahead. Um, uh, yeah, Lehigh will certainly be, uh, uh, you know, up front in, in, in my daily uh, duties. Um, make lots of trips up to Allentown, talks with, uh, with Lappy and, and uh, Jason Smith and, and the coaching staff up there, uh, the Brooks brothers who, uh, you know, own and, and run the team up there. Um, uh, probably be more visible and more connected to our prospects that are up there. Um, for as long as I've done, uh, or been involved on this side of the uh, hockey equation, um, I haven't had a lot of interaction with the players. So I'm kind of looking forward to that, um, being a little bit closer to, to them and being v- available to, uh, uh, to whatever they're experiencing and whatever they want to chat about, um. And, uh, and certainly being around the Flyers. I'll be uh, around the office on a, on a daily basis. My wife and I are going to move to the area. Um, she's looking forward to it. Um, and, uh, you know, the only drawback is we'll be a little ways away from our kids, but uh, they're never too far away, and, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get them down here. But very excited to, to kind of move on or into this new position and, uh, you know, looking forward to all the, the duties and responsibilities that come along with it. You
1: know, one of the things, Alan, that that I think is interesting right now, you know, when there's a new front office that takes over, Danny Breyer is the general manager, and obviously Keith Jones comes in as the president, yourself elevates to the role of assistant GM and uh, director of pro scouting. You know, it's a rebuild. Danny hasn't been shy about using that word. And while some people will look at a rebuild and you'll say, well, man, it stinks that we're in this position. But I imagine from a roster construction standpoint and you being a big part of that, there's an excitement that comes with building a team, building something is always very gratifying when you get it right. So what is that kind of mindset you guys are taking on this rebuild with, you know, to, to do something different here. You mentioned this, you know, reshaping some things and doing things a little different and maybe a, a little bit more efficient or better. What's that excitement level like for all of you guys with building something that you guys are all going to have your, your name
0: attached, to? Yeah, no. I, I think that uh, as soon as you go into uh, the offices, you 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 feel that kind of uh, say renewed energy or new energy, um, and um, you know you don't take it lightly. It, it's it, it, yes, there's lots of opportunity here to kind of you know reshape, rebuild, uh, re bolster this lineup and and, and get us uh, on the track that that everybody wants us to be on. Um, but uh, but for sure, there's responsibility to that, and I don't think anyone's going to take that lightly. But it's uh, uh, I've seen uh, from afar, really. Although I have friends on, on uh, with other teams, mainly, and my point being with Vegas and, and Seattle, where they, you know, from from the very beginning or from you know player one, they've been uh, they've built their their teams, and and those teams have been uh, successful and competitive. And uh, I think it'll be take us probably a little bit longer we'd probably be more on the path of of uh you know seattle's timeline maybe even stretch that out a little bit further um because we have a, a, a roster in place and with roster in place you have contracts that are in place and and so it'll take some time to you know reshuffle the deck um but uh just like the move that uh that, you know that, that we moved that we made the other day with uh with columbus in la um you know there's Eventually, those picks will be filled by uh, new young uh, prospects, and uh, with that, um, you know that, that only you know makes us hungrier, uh, eager to uh, to add to those those names and those players and, and their abilities, and uh, you know make us a, a competitive team first, and then you know hopefully a contending team beyond that.
1: How daunting is the task in today's NHL? Thirty-two teams. And if you go back 20 years and in, in, in the middle of your career at that time, there's 250 players that wouldn't be in the NHL basically. Right. Because there's 32 teams and you, we see it every year. Alan, you know, the teams that have success in this league, it can't just be one or two guys scoring all the goals. You've got to have depth and to build that depth out four lines, deep six D, sometimes even more, cause you're going to need some depth. Guys are going to go down, goaltending. How daunting is it isn't in today's NHL to find a way to build a team there's three elements I always talk about that you have to fit, fit together in this puzzle. One is the on ice roster, the construction of the roster of players, how they fit together. Then it's the off-ice, the guys in pros, and then you have the fiscal element, which is the cap. So you got a lot of things in motion here. So how daunting is it in this 32 team league to, to build a roster with depth and you know, the ability to not only win in the regular season, but then do something in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, it's it certainly, um, you know, daunting if you, you think of end goal and, you know, we're at point A um, and uh, there's going to be a lot of steps along the way to, that allow us to get to there. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, like a lot of players would say, you know, we, we focus shift to shift, you know, uh, game to game, all that type of stuff. I mean, I think you, you set, you know, smaller goals in front of you um, and then you achieve those and, 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 and those are I shouldn't say more easily attain, uh, but, uh, or that they're easy to attain, but I guess they're, they're more easily attained than, than, you know, that, that end goal of of being a Stanley cup winner. And you learn a lot along the way, don't you? You do. And, um, you know, that's why, um, you know, I feel uh, fairly prepared for, for stepping into this position. I'm going to learn along the way as well. Um, uh, But, uh, but I've also, you know, like I, uh, said earlier, I mean, you know, what are 13 to 15 years that I've put in on, on this side of the equation, you know, I've learned along the way, I've paid attention, listened, saw mistakes made, helped, help make some of the mistakes, help, help, uh, you know, find some of the uh, corrections or solutions. So, um, and was lucky enough to be, you know, part of a couple winners in, in LA and, and see some of those, um, you know, some of those uh, avenues that we found to, uh, to, 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 Make us a contender and then eventually a, a winner. And um, uh, but yeah, it's 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 daunting if you think about uh, you know the top of Everest. Um, but if we just kind of put you know base camp to uh, you know to the the first stop, then uh, you know I think that, uh, that that that'll make the the job a little bit easier uh, as we go along and and, uh, and and also keep our focus right there. I mean, yes, you get, you got your long term goals, but the, the short term goals. Um, you know, uh, should keep us on track.
1: Alan, your junior career was spectacular with the Ottawa 67s. Uh, Your last two years in junior, I'm going to pump your tires a little bit here. You played 105 (laughs) games those two year regular season games. Ho-hum, 105 games, how about 90 goals, 104 assists, 194 points. And in the playoffs, you performed well there as well. 14 goals, 22 assists, 36 points in 22 playoff games. You get to the NHL, you find it's going to be a lot more difficult to score here, you know. I mean, you look at players and the transferable skills from whether it be the junior game, NCAA, whether it's European leagues, the KHL, whatever it might be. It, it, what are the ingredients to be a successful NHL player when you're looking at guys? I mean, some guys, like in those other feeder systems, have spectacular numbers, but they're not going to be that at the NHL. How do you project those guys out?
0: Well, I, I certainly feel like if you, if you, um, I mean, not like a genius or unique or, or uh, lots of teams are, are focused on, you know, finding guys with sense and character. Um, but I do think that those components allow guys to uh, to become NHL players. And they might be like me that, yes, I was a, you know, a, I was pretty productive in junior um, and then had to fill a different role and, uh, and, and different box at the NHL level. But I think that you know some of those components that that made me uh um rounded me out as a as a player allowed me to kind of fill in um you know fit in that box at the nhl level um and um you know so i, I think that because sense allows you to play with pace you're able to to assess the game uh think the game at the right level and the, and the right speed to you know whether it be on the offensive side or defensive side to okay this is the coverage or you know what this guy's open um you know whether you have the puck or or don't have the puck um and care uh yeah character i'd say is those are the guys that find a way that you see it all the time whether it be a guy that's undrafted or a guy that's drafted late um and um you know their work ethic is there and their uh will to uh play the team game and do some of those things so i i do think that there are components to players um try not to get fooled by flash um, and, uh, you do see some of those players that are, they're strictly that they put up points in the in junior and they put up points in, in the American league. And then it does never, it never transfers to the NHL. So, I mean, you, you put in time, you do these interviews that we're doing, uh, this week, um, in Buffalo. Um, it gives you some insight into what the player, uh, thinks the type of personality and, 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 um might tell you some of uh, the things I was talking about, the sense and mainly the character. Um, uh, It's always interesting to me to be part of these interview processes uh, for the the draft because I don't know all the players. I've I've been more involved on the the pro side, but I do have some overlap with the amateur uh, game. And the players that I do know, when they're when they're being interviewed, um, a lot of their personality, uh, you know, is is displayed through their their body language, their 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 answers, uh, whether it be short answers or, or long answers, or um, you know, are they sitting upright in the chair, or are they slouched down? Um, there's you can tell a lot by by just having a conversation with 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 the kid, um, and at the same time, you have to take that in consideration. They're seventeen year old kid. I have one at home. Um, You know, he might forget to brush his teeth every day, or you know, flush the toilet, or whatever it may be. So that's. I mean, these kids are, are for the most part, I'd say, mature and composed and prepared. Um, But at the end of the day, they're seventeen-year-old kids, and you're trying to project them uh, for, um, you know, uh, project them as twenty-five-year-olds and what kind of NHL player they are. But I do think that you know, putting in time to, and our amateur guys do a great job of of that, of, 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 uh, you know, getting to know the players away from the rink. And, and like I say, it gives you a little bit of insight and and, uh, Intel into what they may become or, or may not become that might be more important.
1: Yeah. I think it's interesting because I remember like for an example, I've talked to many players when they first get here or whether it's camp or, you know, their first NHL preseason game and I'll interview them and they're scared to death. Then there's the guys like Travis connect me who looks like he, Could be sitting back with a margarita with an umbrella, just totally chill from day one. I go, that guy just must have projected great in meetings like that. Just a calm guy. And it's just a genuine, very comfortable conversation right out of the gate. But there also has to come for players, too, at the NHL level. And I imagine this is in pro scouting. You know, finding guys that are willing to accept what their job is is a big part of it because you can't have guys trying to do other people's jobs. Um, Then I got two guys not doing their job. But finding the players that can accept that what their role is, execute their role and be a professional about that.
0: Absolutely. Like, you know, a couple of guys come to mind and it's oddly enough, they're they're still involved in the game now. But when I was in L.A., a couple of guys uh, just along the lines of what you're talking about, um, uh, Jarrett Stoll and uh, Matt Green. And, uh, you know, they're different kinds of players. Um, but I do think what really allowed us to win in the end, you touched on it a little earlier too, is is depth. Um, but those guys provided us depth because they were willing to accept those roles. Jared had been, a, you know, a real high scorer, kind of, you know, probably similar to myself in, in junior days. Um, and that was, you know, on the, on the, the back nine of his career when we had him um, became a very good face-off guy penalty killer block shots Um, he was a key component uh, to us you know being successful he wasn't the guy necessarily scoring all the goals Uh, he did score a couple big ones but um, but that wasn't his main job and he was willing to to accept that same with Matt Green I mean Greener was a a big heavy guy um, you know defensive minded defenseman um, but had to slide into a different box and 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 sometimes guys aren't willing to do that and uh, i think that you know uh, upsets the apple cart and, and next thing you know your chemistry's off and, and what have you so 100 you it's uh it's a, a key component to to uh, you know finding those guys at the NHL level that kind of bolster your lineup um, add to your chemistry and, uh, and and certainly don't take away from it
1: yeah I always refer to those guys as guys that people don't think will make a difference but end up making things different, making a difference. You know yeah. you do, they're not viewed as this, oh, he's not a difference maker, but then that depth, that experience, that acceptance of the role, and maybe the things that aren't glorious makes them make a difference. I think it's always important. Yeah. let me ask you about DNA, not your DNA, but the flyer's DNA moving forward. We know about the past and all that. I felt like the team kind of overcorrected the steering wheel a little bit to go from the broad street bullies got a little too easy to play against. We've seen elements of, you know, turning that element around. And I always look at like the Pittsburgh Steelers and I go, that's organizational DNA. They know what they are. We draft you. If you're, you're going to be a Steeler, right? And if you're not going to buy in, then you're not going to be a Steeler. What is the kind of the DNA you guys are looking to build with Danny and, and everybody for this team moving forward in the rebuild? What's the, What's the key elements that you're looking for? So when people say flyers, that's their DNA.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think uh, at least the first thing I think about when you ask that question is 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 torts. Uh, that, you know, what torts stands for, believes in um, and will push our guys. And part of the reason that there was a little, you know, a little window or a little insight last year into, um, into, what we want to be was, was that like, I never felt like our team quit or very few times that I feel like uh, in games last year, a team quit. Um, you know, they show up to play hard. Um, we're trying to play faster, uh, trying to play more in your face uh, and play more as a team. Like there's a little more co- cohesion last year uh, in the defensive zone. We have lots of room to grow in, in just about every facet of the game and every area of our, of our team. But you could see the seed planted a little bit last year and um, I would love to see our team play with, with, with more speed um, for sure. Um, But uh, the component of compete um, and compete shows up in lots of different ways. It's not, um, it's not necessarily running guys over, although that can certainly show a, a commitment to, to um, being present in the game and and wanting to win uh, an effort. But, uh, you know, I think blocking shots, winning puck battles, winning foot races, um, uh, being committed to to detail, um, uh, you know, and and anyway, I I, I think that, um, you know, Torts did a nice job last year of, 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 Planting that seed with our players, and now it's our responsibility to kind of nurture that a little bit. Find other players that that also embody that, um, and because I do think it's a it's an inherent uh, want in the player to to want to play that that, that direction in, in that way. I don't think that uh, I I think you can bring it out in some guys, but I'd love for us to find uh, guys that just have it naturally. Here, these guys. Uh, know how to play hard. They and they they show up. They're pro- professional. They're they're businesslike. Um, and uh, if we can, you know, bring a few more of those pro players from other teams that that bring those that kind of mindset, um, and can instill that or help help nurture that with our with our our young guys, our prospects, then you know I think that uh, uh, we'll get to where we want to get to. Uh, you know, whatever down the road from now. You know, With Torts, I,
1: I always said – I talked to a lot of guys when he was first hired that played for him, guys that are here, obviously Cam Atkinson and some other guys around the league. And, and the guys that like playing for him, I would identify as all honest players. They hold themselves – they don't need somebody else to hold them accountable. They hold themselves accountable. And they. it's not just I, – I always say accountability is not you know, when it suits you. It's every day, no matter what. And accountability has got to be, you know, a really, really big part of that. Let's talk about some of the guys last year because, you know, some of the young guys, whether it's Owen Tippett or, you know, you look at a guy like uh, Tate's uh, last year, put into the center position for the first time basically in his hockey life and being asked to shut down guys like Connor McDavid and, and limit the top lines of the opposition all season long. You know, let's talk about a few of those guys. First of all, the growth of Owen Tippett's game, to me, it just looked like, this was a guy realizing at the NHL level he could be a difference maker, and as that confidence grew, his decision making on the ice grew, and it just seemed to swell throughout the season. What did you see from Ted?
0: Absolutely, I think uh, I think early on, uh, you know, Owen was probably given a little bit of tough love um, and challenged, um, and then as uh, you know, as he responded, I can remember very early on in the season where. Towards Scott, to kind of in his face, and and uh, I think it was actually broadcast on on our, on our, uh, our game program there. But uh, um, you know, the very next game was one of the best games that I saw from Tip, and and uh, he had his feet moving. He was taking the puck to the net, and and uh, and it wasn't just a you know a steady progression or ascension during the year, but uh, uh, he had hiccups like all young players do. But you know, I did think that it was you know a, a, a really good season for him in a lot of ways. Um, I think that uh, as he went along, then, uh, you know, I would assume that the coaching staff's uh, confidence in him uh, grew uh, as did uh, Owen and himself. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, you could see the physical attributes and the talent ooze from him when you, you, at least when I was watching him in in the American league or in pro scouts, but watch him in the American league um, But you're just like, can he find that on a consistent basis? He has it. Uh, can you pull that out of him? And I think that, uh, you know, Torts uh, obviously approached it the right way and was able to, uh, um, you know, get Owen to a new level. And, uh, and, you know, I don't think he's he's done there. I think that uh, he's got, a, you know, at least another one or, or maybe two after this. But uh, but it was wonderful to see and, and certainly it was a, a great story for us last year. And, and with Noah, I mean, uh, you know, Noah's almost the, you know, Exact example of what I was talking about before, and that you know, pro pro uh, approach uh, comes to camp in phenomenal shape, uh, ready to work. Whatever the coach asks, that's what he's going to do. Plays the game the right way, even if it kind of sacrifices or or at the expense of, of offense. Not that we need everybody to play that way, but I do think that it that that helps instill the team mentality. Like this is this is how we have to play. This is. It, um, this will lead us to you know, success on most nights. Um, uh, I know that Noah's not going to necessarily fill the net, um, but I, but I think those guys are real glue guys. I think that, you know, you, you're you sitting on the bench, you're watching, you might be up in the stands watching certainly as um, you know, is the coaching staff's appreciative, uh, appreciative of, of that kind of approach. Um, I just I just think it brings the group together in a lot of ways, um, both on and off the ice. And, I, you know, I just I love the way that uh, uh, that Noah's game is and the way that Noah is uh, himself on and off the ice.
1: Yeah, it may not be a flat. It's a little stick in the, in the right spot in the D zone or reading a play the right way. Gap control uh, off the rush, those kind of things. His game is so detailed. You can tell he's the son of a coach. You can see it all over his game and that there was a lot of car rides talking about the details and the finer points. And I know coaches love coaching those guys. Let's talk about Frost because, like Tip, he's a guy that I think had to gain a belief. He, he, had, he had a weird arc of development with, you know, the pandemic at some key years for him and the, the injuries. And I think that Morgan just needed to have a belief that he could be a creative playmaker in the NHL. And we definitely saw that in the second half of the season
0: absolutely uh you know in in uh, morgan's defense of, of uh, in sorts is uh uh you know like you, you stated i mean injuries um covet cutting things short there was a lot of 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 reps and as a young player you, you need those for a variety of reasons um you know to develop your skill to develop um, uh, maybe a thicker skin. Um, you get used to things, get, you know, get a little more comfortable. I just know, I mean, it, it took me a couple of years when I was in the NHL to, to just get comfortable with like, okay, this arena, and this is the door you enter and, and a variety of things that, that allow you to settle down. Some guys are, like you said, maybe Travis connecting. My guess is that Morgan was probably more like, like I am or was. Um, and, uh, and I totally agree. I think the second half was, uh, uh, you know, a strong second half from, from, from Morgan, where he was being creative he was making plays. Um, you know, that's certainly one thing that we, we need to do more of is, is make plays, have the puck on our stick. Don't be afraid. Um, you know, and the guys that make plays in the league make mistakes. They, they turn the puck over. no but Yeah. It's, um, and, and you just don't want more risk than the reward, but, but for sure, those guys, um, are capable. Uh, Morgan's one of those guys that can, can kind of make something out of nothing. You certainly saw a few highlight real goals, highlight highlight real um passes uh or or setups. Um and he just looked like a different player in the second half. If you if you saw his body language, he looked I'm sure he didn't lift all kinds of uh, you know weight and and during the season and become that much more stronger and and, and put on muscle. But he but he looked different. He looked more stable out there and, and, and confident. He just he wanted the puck. He, he wanted to make a difference, and he was. Um, and uh, so, you know, we have to continue to to allow him to do those things and and uh, and bring in some players around him that can can uh, support him and, and help him be productive like he was in the second half.
1: Today's NHL, Alan, um, you know, the D, creating offense, starting the rush, joining the rush, being a part of it with that great – Pass, first pass out of the zone, not a five to seven footer, but you know that twenty-eight foot pass to really break things open and stress your opponent. Cam York is a guy who is as cool as a cucumber. Uh, I don't think his heart rate ever goes over seventy-five beats per minute. Just looks so calm out there. He's got you know a little ways to go when it comes to defending top opposition lines, uh, but but he's a guy that last year thought he was going to make the team out of camp. He didn't. Went down, put in the work, came back better for it. And you know was put on the opposite side, put on his, on the right side as a left shot guy. And he's a guy that is going to be really important for you guys moving forward for him to continue his arc of development.
0: One hundred percent. You know, kind of similarly uh, to you know Frost last year, although it, mm-hmm. uh, well, kind of similar to Frost and Tippett for that. Um, from that standpoint, that they were you know. Probably given some tough love early on, um, but responded responded in the right way. Um, I really liked what I saw from Cam uh, down below. Uh, I spoke with the coaching staff there. He had the right attitude. Um, he wasn't uh, you know uh, hanging his head or or, or tripping over his, his his lip. He was he was you know ready to put in the time. Uh, I saw a more assertive player, a guy that was uh, doing some of the things you're talking about with the, you know, the way that NHL is these days with the defense joining, being active, uh, whether it be in the offensive zone or, or on the rush. And uh, I saw that at Lehigh. And then it, it took a little time from, I think, to kind of feel confident enough and, and, and settled enough to, to implement that at, at the NHL level. But, uh, you know, great feet, good hockey mind. Um, I think there's a competitive player in there. Um, and he'll figure out how to, um, you know, defend uh, at his size um, uh, away from the puck. He just uh, he, he's too smart, uh, too smart of a player to just to, to struggle in that area. But I, I'm sure it'll take a little bit of time for him to get used to that. Um, and uh, but yeah, I'm very pleased with, uh, uh, you know, what, where Cam. I came from last year at the start of the season to where he ended um he looked like an nhl player by the end and and uh you know it's um and credit to him it's not easy uh being sent down and and uh the other thing i would say about cam is he was uh, uh he was here all summer in Voorhees uh, last summer he put in the work put in the time and um so you know it would have been very easy for him to to um you know have reacted differently. Um, a lot of players or some players these days will, uh, not take that very well. Uh, all of a sudden an agents calling for a change of scenery and, and such. Yeah. And that wasn't camp camp put on his work boots, um, continue to, uh, uh, you know, do the right things, uh, have the right mindset. And, uh, in the end he was rewarded and, and, uh, you know, as a byproduct, we were re- rewarded as well. Yeah. I think you sometimes
1: you have to be careful when evaluating a guy like Cam because it, he's so relaxed in his the way he plays the game. He's such a good skater, and he's not one of those guys that's going to be flailing around. And sometimes we mistake effort or compete for, you know, the the way something looks, not the way it is. He's going to be a really smooth player. It just it, he's not going to put his body in positions where he's flailing around. So you have to keep that in mind. You know, one of the things too, Alan. You know, a lot of people say, you know, you got to get younger, you got to get younger, get rid of all the old guys. and have, But you do have to have some veteran leadership as a pro scout, you know, identifying the right guys to accept their role, be leaders, be pros and show this young core how to be, you know, accountable, productive NHL players and good citizens to their city is important as well. So you can't just have a team of 22- to 24-year-olds or 18- to 24-year-olds. You've got to have some veteran elements on that team or you're not going to have anybody to kind of keep the group going in the right direction professionally.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we we have uh, other guys than the ones I'm going to mention. But, um, you know, when I I think of uh, guys like that that we have uh, currently, I mean um, (laughs) – Yeah, I mean, and, and some of our guys, it's been, it's been, you know, it was a hard year last year because some of them were, were injured on on the sidelines. But, um, you know, Scotty Lawton certainly comes to mind. I think Scotty approaches the game very professionally. Um, I think that he's well-respected in the room. Um, I know that lot thinks a, lot's a, a lot of them, uh, as do I. Um, uh, certainly Nick Sealer, um, you know, I think Nick just shows up uh, goes about his business whether he's in the lineup or out of the lineup um and uh, competes hard um you know uh, again comes to camp in phenomenal shape he's he's ready to do battle um i think that he's uh he's has a, a, a real positive attitude and vibe about him um you know so we have we have guys i you know i think tk really took on more of a leadership role last year as well i think that, as soon
1: as g was uh, traded i think that he felt he Filled that void a little bit,
0: yeah. And it's and 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 it's um, you know, it's funny when you, before those guys are move on, um, you you kind of question, well, can this guy be a leader? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some guys certainly ooze it uh, or or jump out and, and slap you in the face with the, with their leadership skills, and then others you need to kind of you know find their voice. And I think that was probably the case with 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 TK is that he you know once um, you know, uh, G was removed from, from the locker room and the young guys were, were looking for somebody, even though TK is not that old. Um, you know, he, he was a veteran guy. He's been, you know, he's, he's been in the league for however many years, seven, eight years and, and experienced a lot of things. And, and, uh, he has a lot of, um, good qualities to share with the players. And, and so I think he really embraced that and, 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 um, and he he was one of our leaders last year, and and in a number of ways, and and uh, it was great to see.
1: Yeah, the way he handled you know being benched early in the season in that third period against San Jose, and the way he responded to it, and then the way he, I think like he played even through when he went on a cold streak and had about a ten game pointless streak, the way he continued to kind of stick to his game and and not derail his season, he's worn a letter at every level. Um, let me ask you, I got two more questions for you, and I appreciate sure. your time so much. I love talking to you. You mentioned analytics earlier. How does analytics fit in, um, you know, in, in the game, in your opinion? How, how do you use it? I mean, to give the old school people a lot of times, I heard this quote from NBA coach Larry Brown. Larry Brown used to always say, play the game the right way. You always sound like you just woke up from a nap. And he said this quote the other day. Analytics are how a drunk uses a lamppost for support, not illumination. But he's an old school guy. He doesn't believe in it. Where are you, and where's the organization on how you use analytics in this rebuild?
0: Well, I, yeah, I, I, I certainly would would say it's uh, you know you use it in support of of uh, of your you know what maybe your eyes tell you, but at the same time, don't be don't be stubborn and, and close minded that like I might look at the look at the stats and and or analytics and and be like, huh, that's not what I see, but let me look at it. You know, again, and, Let me and
1: open my and, mind
0: exactly, and, and maybe there's something I am missing. You know, maybe I've seen this player so many times, and I I continue to see the same mistakes, and yet that player has started to grow, and and, and now they're instead of taking penalties, they're they're drawing penalties or whatever it may be. That the, you know, the, the game is really broken down in um, in uh, all kinds of ways, and um, so it's um, and it, and it takes out that. I don't know. Uh, personal connection, tone to, to to some of your analysis as as a scout, um, it, it takes out that bias. Um, yeah. So so don't be like I say, don't be stubborn and close-minded. Look at it, um, and you know you might still feel the same way at the end of the day, um, but at the same time, I, I anyway I, I feel like it. Uh, um, it is a. Um, it's just another tool for us to use. And, um, it's not off to the side. It's, it's, you know, it's right there in front of me and, um, part of the equation, right? Absolutely. And, um, you, you're trying to, you know, look at, um, you know, whichever player you're looking at, you're trying to look at it from a number of different ways. And, and it might be three different scouts watching the player. And then, and then you've got your analytics, which the analytics, so I'd say are probably just one-sided, um, uh, I don't know that you need like three analysts to, to break the numbers. The numbers are what the numbers are, but um, but then you have four different ways to look at the player, and if it ends up leading you in the same direction, then um, that's probably you've got the you've got the right answer. You've got the answer, um, yeah. but uh, but yeah, no, I, I um, I'm looking forward to kind of being around and asking questions uh, on a daily basis that those you know our analytics department can certainly answer um, and. Uh, yeah, I, I, it will be an avenue that I, that I go down and, and utilize on a regular basis, a daily and I, basis. Yeah, I think
1: it's interesting you said, you know, the analytics don't have a bias. It's math. They don't have, there's not a personality to it. So They are what they are. It's definitive. Um, last thing for you, working with Danny Briere and Keith Jones with the, uh, you know, Keith Jones is the newly named president of hockey operations. Danny Briere is the new GM you know, the culture and and the way those guys are as people, you know, sometimes I think fans felt like, you know, the the GM or the coaches, I'm up here, you're down there. I know you don't know. I don't have to explain anything to you, you know, that, that mentality, but Danny's not a communicator like that. Jonesy certainly is not a communicator like that. What's it going to be like with, with those two at the
0: helm here? Um. Well, I mean, I haven't spent a lot of time with with uh, with Keith yet. Um, uh, I was in for meetings uh, last week and uh, spent a few days uh, around Keith. Uh, but he's certainly got a great energy and, and uh, positivity to him. Uh, he's well connected, knows the game very well. Um, certainly on the um, you know on the NHL front, uh, from a player standpoint, he's been around. Um, uh, I don't know how many years it is now. Twenty three now. 23. <laughs> so he's, um, but yeah, just, just the, like I say, the energy and the feel that you have around, around Keith is excellent. Um, and, uh, you know, Danny and I have a, a great relationship, um, constant communication with Danny. Um, and, uh, and it'll be even easier once I'm, uh, down in, in, uh, in Philadelphia and situated down here to, to, uh, you know, communicate with, excuse me, Danny, on a, on a regular basis. But uh, yeah, it's just, uh, uh, you know, we're all kind of new, so to speak, um, in the positions we're in. And uh, so we have that uh, um, youthful uh, exuberance, so to speak, even though none of us are too youthful.
1: <laughs> and it's funny, you were actually treated along with uh, Phantom's assistant coach, Jason Smith, at one point from the Devils to the Toronto Maple Leafs.
0: It, 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 yeah, it's a small, world, w. small w. hockey world. Yes, it was. Yeah, no, it was uh, Stevie Sullivan, uh, yeah. was also part of that trade, and Dave Bellet went the other other way, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a small hockey world at that time. Do you, are, do you
1: one of those guys that can vividly remember like every goal you scored?
0: Well, yeah, I wish I scored more, though, made it a little more difficult, but yeah, no, After I, junior
1: I used up all your bandwidth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I certainly am, am one of to. You know remembers a lot of a lot of those plays and goals uh along the way and and uh it's funny because so danny and i played uh world juniors um together uh one year and then we also played under 18 together as as well and and um even though we're in the same game we 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 don't remember it differently but different perspective whether you know one guy was on the ice or or one guy was on the bench um but it's uh but it's also fun to relive those memories and and think back to uh those successes
1: who'd you be for your first NHL goal who was a goalie
0: Chris Osgood and it was a uh, oh, was game winner yeah uh, Matthew Schneider slit uh slid it over and I uh one-timed it through uh Chris's uh five hole but and I think that might have been the only time I ever won uh at uh, Joe Lewis at the time different arena now but
1: yeah wow and do you remember age. your last one your last NHL goal
0: yeah, it was uh, in in Edmonton. It was an empty net goal. Um, it was a bit of a struggle for me to play it those days, and, and it was an empty net goal against uh, Edmonton. Uh, Ange Kopitar, uh, who was uh, my roommate as well, I could have passed it over to him, and uh, mm-hmm. my knee wasn't very good at the time, so I just decided to snap it in the net. He didn't get the, he got a plus, but he didn't get a point. He's like, you could have just passed it to me. I would have passed it back. I'm like. Well, I was just worried about trying to stand up and skate at that point. So anyway, that, was, <laughs> that
1: was my last goal. Well, Andre has certainly put enough in, in his career. He's a great player. been a great player as well. Alan, this was incredible. I think the, the listeners are really going to take a lot from it. I really appreciate it. Congrats on uh, the ascension to the assistant general manager and, you know, Flyers director of pro scouting and player personnel, all the duties that you have, Lehigh Valley now. Uh, we're looking forward to great things. Thanks for doing this. And best of luck coming up this fall with the move and everything else
0: excellent i appreciate it jason and yeah we plan on delivering so get on the work put on the work boots and get to get after it
1: thanks to alan mccauley certainly a very interesting discussion i love talking to alan Uh, he looks at things very interesting lens and is able to articulate the way he sees the game one of the really bright young minds in the game Uh, right now. He's going to ascend to a general manager position at some point. You can just see it in this path. So uh, thanks to him. First, congratulations to him. And second of all, thanks to him for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. hope everybody got something from that. We'll talk to you coming up on Friday for another brand new edition. And we will hear from uh, in our Flyers Exit Day Player Series We will hear from Noah Cates. So we'll be back Friday. Join us then for a brand new episode of Flyers Daily.